everyone, and welcome to today's thrilling dialogue about conscious leadership. Very honored to be hosting this. My name is Savannah Peterson. Thank you for choosing to show up. That means you want to be a conscious leader, and I'm into it, already feeling it. This is a part of the Connected People channel on Connectal. The channel is curated by Ayelet Barron and Tim McDonald. Tim and I are OG community management friends from way back in the New York days, so this is so fun to see it all come together. And they explore a, a variety of topics through this channel, looking at leadership, discovery, well-being, and today, uh, consciousness and awareness. So very exciting. I'm thrilled to be joined by some incredibly intelligent, thoughtful leaders today, and I'm going to let them talk about themselves a little bit, but just to make this easy, Celine, could you kick us off and give us a little intro? With pleasure. Hello. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks a lot uh, for inviting me. So my name is Celine Schillinger. I'm a French national. I have been working a little bit uh, everywhere around the, the world. Um, I left a, a big corporate, a big pharma company, which uh, was my employer for 17 years. I left it last September and I'm now flying my own wings uh, for the first time in my life, being very happy to, to do so. I'm based in France. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You're liberated. <laughs> that is thrilling. I love it. <laughs> it's a big Excited thing. about the conversation. <laughs> Excellent. So where you're joining us from France today. Where are you in France? Uh, so you see in the backdrop, it looks like the Chinese uh, characters, it's, uh, but I'm actually in France, Lyon. Lyon, mm. south, uh, east of France, a very nice place. Uh, you're all welcome to visit. I think I speak for the other panelists when I say we wouldn't mind being where you are today. <laughs> 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 I need more France in my life. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we are also joined by Narit Cohen. Narit, will you say hello to everyone? Yes, and thank you for having me. So I'm Narit, and I um, am calling in from Israel. Um, I have a similar story here. I just uh, um, retired after having spent almost 30 years with Intel. Uh, and in the last wow. 10, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you're committed. 30 years with one company? I know, I know. Oh That's something that They're doesn't so happen lucky. anymore. We no longer have. But I've had a wonderful career um, within Intel. And I have spent the last decade researching the future of work and careers and leadership. Um, and so here we are. Uh, and so I am, too, flying solo as of October um, of last year and um, having a great time. Thank you for having me. I love this. So already on the call, we have three female entrepreneurs. Way to go, folks. You can start that business. It's never too late to design your life or start a new company. It's awesome. Love it. Wow. Okay. So Thomas, I hope you have an equally impressive introduction for us. Well, you set the bar for me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I am from the most attractive location of, uh, uh, of what I've heard so far. I'm, I'm sitting on the floor in the Baltimore airport in the United States. <laughs> wow. Don't you want to be here? <laughs> you're you're a, a, a warrior for joining us from that. Yes. Uh, so uh, so I'm in the, in the airport right now, getting ready to go to San Diego from Baltimore. And um yeah, I'm usually in an airport most most weeks, and I, I have, and thank you so much for just inviting me over and allowing a little background noise uh, from my area. I'm looking forward to contribute today. I love being uh, a contribution to anything that's about conscious leadership, I'm in. So, um, yeah, I'm on a plane most, uh, most weeks, uh, primarily as a curriculum developer and a as a facilitator. For, um, for team building events and retreats for executives at uh, large, uh, usual Fortune 100 type of companies, big brands, that kind of thing, uh, as well as contribute to a transformational leadership academy in San Diego, which is where I'm headed to right now. And it is absolutely all about conscious leadership, conscious capitalism, simply waking up and being conscious in what we're doing. Oh, I dig it. So what is your least favorite icebreaker? least favorite icebreaker because i imagine you've been at a lot of events you've seen a lot of engagement moments and there's got to be something you think is a little cheesy 
Maybe not. Maybe you like them all. Maybe that's why you, you know, do it. it's. It's interesting because uh, I hear a lot of feedback of, I mean, some people definitely come up, a lot of executives, and they're like, oh, team building, ugh. You know, it's like, oh, is it going to be some kumbaya? Like, are we going to cry on each other? I'm not ready for that. All the way to, you know, what kind of hokiness are you going to do? And the feedback that I've been getting is like, we do it completely and utterly different. And I guess the, the number one thing that I hear people complain about, which I'm not down with either, is um, the same old trust fall. You know, it was like, oh, no, trust falls, Thomas. Um, and I think it's like the same old thing. There's always a new, there's a new way to approach. You don't have to, you don't have to use the same old, uh, same old questions and the same old trust falls and things like that to bring a team together. Get creative. Uh, you know, go, go with a, a really well-placed question, not that same old question. You know, one of the most boring, I'll, I'll sum it up with this and move on, is that one of the... One of the most, one of the questions that I'm over the most is like, hey, um, get to know your partner, turn to a partner, and, and that conversation goes, hey, what do you do? Um, you know, what do you do? Come on, I wanna know why you exist, why you show up, why you wake up, why mm -hmm. you do what you do, not what you do. And I know, I don't mean to say angry, I hope it didn't come across angry, it's just like, come on, man, we got a human being in front of us. Why do you do what you do? We all make money in some way. We all do something. Um, I actually think that's a great transition yeah. into our dialogue because that, that's precisely it. You're being conscious in that moment of the other person. And I think we get into conversational patterns, especially when we're kind of operating in an unconscious mode, which is how I think of it when we're not present and we're not aware of ourselves or our team or our clients, or whatever that is. And, you know, I, I really love that you said that because I have to say it's one of my least favorite questions, especially if you're trying to get to know someone or I'm recently single. So going on a date when someone's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, wow, this is really thrilling. No, like I want to talk to you about what I'm passionate about. I want to talk to you about what gets me going. And so I'm curious about this. When you were, and I, you're both going to get this question, so you can both kind of think about it, or I would like us to discuss it, is when you were coming into finding your identity as an entrepreneur, taking that step, flying out solo in whatever space you're doing, how did you think about leadership? Were you thinking about your mission and vision and and what you wanted to build. Let's, let's talk about that. So if anyone's thinking about building a company who's listening right now or doing something different. So I think that part of what I love about the new world is you can create hybrid careers. And so I actually, it wasn't like a one day, I stepped out and I became an entrepreneur and I had to think about my vision. I have been working on this or preparing this even unconsciously for about a decade. So you get passionate about a topic, right? You work it within the organization. At some point you start working it regardless of your day job. Um, Ayelet and I met, uh, for example, uh, over, um, I think on LinkedIn chats and we ended up reaching out beyond, oh, wow. um, you know, into 3D space. We actually physically Great. met a number of times and ended up collaborating. Um, so you discover the world is full of opportunities and there's a world outside the building and so at some point when I realized I was going to step out of the building at some point I started um, I think planning for that day and realizing that this is what I wanted to do and so it was it's and it's it's you know the whole changes in the world so conscious leadership and and the way businesses come together and also the what that enables people to do i'm very passionate about that so into it that was great answers yes. celine what about you what was your approach uh, i would like to start with a question um can i mean can conscious leadership be considered as an oxymoron i mean can leadership be unconscious uh really or i'm i i think that so i i think it, it kind of so the way that i interpret this is i think when you are uncon you can be in a position of leadership based on your role or whatever that might be and and be unconscious or be unconsciously leading and <laughs> i don't want to make this conversation political but i think politicians are actually a, a great example of this or even the silicon valley as an example when you're in a bubble 
you're not necessarily conscious. You, you might be conscious of what's going on and, you know, right around you, but I think that that consciousness really conscious. extends. So could you be a good leader and unconscious? No, would be my answer. <laughs> maybe you can be effective. Maybe, maybe you can be effective uh, and you're getting yeah. the results, but you can still be unconscious. Totally. I bet you see it at your retreats and whatnot too. You see people who are a little more present versus folks who are tuned out. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think Vladka uh, said something in the chat there that I thought was powerful. Was it conscious leadership equal personal leadership? That resonated with me because that's one of the things that we talk about a lot. And I've just witnessed because I came from military leadership and, and facilitating and then in to corporate, there's these, you know, we look at leaders by the role. You guys talked about that. It's like there's a role that's given and there's a title that, hey, I'm a leader. And I, I do look at conscious leadership as, as related to personal leadership is regardless of the title that I have, when I wake up in the morning, when I show up, when I participate as a team, how do, how do I show up and realize is that I'm the leader I'm waiting for? I don't mean fighting for a leadership role or a title, but simply showing up in ownership of my life, ownership of the team, responsible for the results that show up on this team. So I'm not just a, a bystander or, hey, Nareet, you're my team leader. And um, yeah, whatever you say is cool. I'll just support you as if I have no hand in this. It's Nareet's team. If she's on my team, if you guys are all on my team, it's all of our teams. Yes, one person may have the role as that, you know, maybe the, the, the spokesperson, but I also get to show up as a leader, conscious and aware that everything I do, everything I say, all of that is, is being a leader. I don't need the title to show up as a leader. And, and Thomas, if I, if I think I that's a great on, point on that, um, I think if we think of the org charts, right? They, they, they box us in. This is my title. This is my job, right? I may be really good at that, but that's somebody else's job versus this is what needs to get done. How, how am I part of this if I have something to contribute or an idea, right? That's, a, that's part of how things are changing. And so conscious is, it, to me is bigger, right? Is do you understand the bigger picture? Do you see what is going on? It's not just about are you aware of where people are and what is in the present moment? I would like to challenge ourselves here a little bit. Um, do it. Is it <laughs> when we when we think of uh, conscious leaders versus leaders who are not conscious, aren't we labeling uh, the people? Aren't we judging them across our own filters, our own uh, the, the way we see the world, and maybe they perceive it differently? And I'm totally guilty of that. There are people that I just can't stand as leaders and I, I believe they do not deserve their positions and their salary. <laughs> but, um, but still, I, I want to challenge even myself. And, and uh, uh, isn't it a judgment and, and, and value and labeling I'm putting on people instead of, um, it, it's hard to define, you know, really. Is, is, is it something really tangible or is it uh, values and, and judgment? Great question. I love that you're coming up with all the questions and challenging us. Don't stop. This is good. Because I think, I think it was, it was, it was interesting. I was actually at, uh, chatting with a group earlier today and I asked them, I said, what do you think conscious leadership is just as a, as a general? And the response was thinking about the words that come out of your mouth and their impact on the people around you. And I thought it was actually a really good answer because I mean, yeah, it's super simplified, but it, it is to, to your point, it's, it's being thoughtful and, and, and that starts with any interaction that you have. Uh, I think that I, I do, I mean, it's interesting because I love that you called us out. Like we were definitely judging, right? I'm, I'm openly, I have one person in mind and I bet you know who it is and I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, who I am really thinking is unconscious. And that is the best example of unconscious leadership. <laughs> Uh, but, but I think that, I, I think that it's I'll, an example of more conscious right now is, uh, is like a Mark Zuckerberg. He is in Silicon Valley watching 
things happen living a very valley centric and when you take some of what they're doing outside of of the world it's not applicable we're not not everyone in the world is going to sit in vr and play video games like i like i say this with love but like that's not going to necessarily change our world for the better in the future and increase you know conscious leadership since we're talking about it so I, I think that, to your point, we should be less judgy. Like, now I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I should just not be a judgmental prick. But on the flip side, I think we can be very self-aware and look at ourselves, and we should apply that judgment to ourselves to make sure that we're being, at least in my opinion, that we are being super empathetic and that we are thinking about other people. What about this? Um, you know, uh, there's, I see a lot of questions about, hey, is conscious leadership, personal leadership, is conscious leadership, empathetic leadership? And, and it's really interesting. I do appreciate that, that some people, well, you know, the, I, 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 let me how to put this. How do I put this? I understand the value that some people give to the labels and things like that. That help us, helps us maybe function as a society. It's communication. And I look at, you know, each of us get to decide what that, what that is if it helps us move our game forward, if it helps us get the results. Because I'm not nearly as attached to whether something's empathetic leadership, conscious leadership, leadership, dictatorial leadership. I mean, yes, in an intellectual, intellectual discussion, that can be valuable. But it's like me. Like when I check in, when I check in with myself, is I'm not usually bantering about with all the titles. I'm just going, hey, you know what? I... I'm a loving, generous, compassionate man. I get to create as I step out my door, as I wake up, as I walk out the door, everything that I do, it's my intention to be loving, generous, compassionate, in contribution, authentic, in ownership of the world around me. And someone may call that different things. I can say whatever I get to say based upon whatever I intuitively need to say or want to say in the moment. And if I'm trusting it comes from a, a loving, generous, compassionate place, isn't that conscious? Isn't it aware? Like I'm aware of what's coming out of my mouth. Now, the truth is something may come out of my mouth and land and someone goes, wow, you're an ass. Or that wasn't very kind. That wasn't very loving. And so it's not just, you know, I can be aware of the words that are coming out of my mouth. <coughs> At the same time, I can make mistakes but I'm grounded in the ideas that this is from love and contribution. I might be off and my results are going to tell me and give me feedback. Am I off with that? It continually gives me feedback. So that's why I kind of like, I cause a distinction between overanalyzing it and trusting your heart, trusting your intuition from that place and taking action and getting feedback. I love that. I think that's a really, it, that's a good point. And I do think that it would be easy to get in the weeds in terms of labeling things when the conversation isn't actually about the label, it's about the action and the human and the conversation or the leadership that they're exhibiting. So I think that hey, that's a, funny. A quick, exam, a quick example with that, I was working with uh, Satya, the CEO of Microsoft and one of his teams. And you guys have probably read Satya's book, was a hit refresh for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You know, that amazing, amazing book. And, um, you know, I'm not endorsing Microsoft. I'm just saying, I'm saying Satya is an unusual CEO. He's caused some massive shifts. And I remember one of the things that I heard him say, I'm attributing it to him and I might be wrong, but I think he said, uh, because the question was, what do you consider one of the most valuable leadership traits? And he says, the ability to say, I don't know. And I thought, wow, how incredibly so vulnerable, how incredibly vulnerable. Fabulous. And it, it gets rid of the myth that it gets rid of the myth is that that's weakness, that you don't know something. He goes, no, when I look for my leaders, I want them to say, hey, I don't know. Let's find out together. I'm open to a new possibility. I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's an excellent example. And thank you for sharing that, Thomas. I think that, that we... I see that a lot working. So I build communities around new technology. And so translating the future and being future forward, I never know the answer. That's we're literally scripting the new world. And so for me, it's great because as I tell people, you know, as I tell my clients, it's always, I have no idea how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it great. And we're going to build an awesome community and it's going to be awesome. And I will prototype until we figure it out. 
but it's not necessarily, it's what we're going to do has never been done before. So let's, let's not approach this the way we approached everything for the last 20 years. Let's approach it totally differently. Let the community and the market and the people tell us what they want and how we can serve them. So super, super different. Not knowing is important. Like I didn't know how to, I don't know what the definition of conscious leadership is. I think we're trying to define that right now on this chat. Maybe. Not knowing is there is ever a real definition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in fact, we know that not, not knowing and talking about that, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of psychological safety, right? Psychological safety is a term that was coined uh, by Amy Edmonton out of Harvard. And she um, had proven again and again that teams performed a lot better if they had psychological safety as defined by I can bring my whole self, I can admit to not knowing, not being sure, and no one's going to hurt me by saying that. And so we now know from data that these teams perform much better, not because they make more mistakes, but because they talk about their mistakes. That's fantastic. Can you share and information about that with the group slash thread sure. after this? Because I will yeah. put a link out there. <laughs> Thank you. And I would say this works well with leaders um, who, uh, how can I say, like empathetic, who have like relational skills, who are, it, it works with the people who are already <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, many companies uh, still uh, promote mostly people with other kind of skills, like very analytical skills, people who are great at competition, who are great at um, exerting control and, 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 you know, showing like the, the alpha male kind of people. And to them, uh, I'm afraid that conscious leadership or those kind of uh, empathetic leadership sounds cheesy or even a hindrance. You know, it's, it stands in the way of performance because they value something else. They value, I don't know, assertiveness, courage. And these are not bad values, uh, indeed. So how do we... How do we talk to those people who, who are sometimes in very high leadership positions, thanks to them not being too empathetic, actually? <laughs> so it has served them well um, until today. So how do we reach out to them? How do we talk? How do we have our message come across? How, how do we do that? Doesn't it come down to looking at the results that are being created? I call it, I use this interchangeably, feedback and results. So if I'm working with, let's say, a particularly alpha, and, and let's be fair, it could be female, male, either way. Just, you know, somebody like that at, a, at an organization. Let's broaden this. It could be anything. It could be an NGO. It could be anything. And, uh, and I want to introduce that. It's like, well, what's working? What, what are the results that you're getting right now? What are the results that are not working? That's where I like to go. I'm like, what results are you getting? What's the, what are you getting that you're not satisfied with? Oh, we want to increase our profit margins. We want to reduce competitiveness with our sales teams because they're fighting each other and that kind of thing or whatever it is. And I'm like, well, great. Um, it's a way to transition. I mean, it's like in a lot of the team building and the, and the type of leadership training and exercises that we do is it's all empathetic. If you guys were, if you guys saw it, you're like, Oh my gosh, how are you getting a bunch of alphas to open up and, and look at each other and use active listening and to, to communicate with compassion and passion and love and connection because I tie it to the results. It's not coming in of saying, Hey, wouldn't you love it if your team was more empathetic and sympathetic? And they're like, huh? What are you talking about? No. Like, no, we just want friggin' results, Thomas. And so I always start with the results. I'm like, hey, listen, um, can we just talk about results? I'm not going to come in talking all woo-woo And initially. <laughs> so I kind of sneak in the side door. <laughs> I, like I sneak in the side door. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I ask them to trust the process. I'm, or as I like to say is like, listen, if someone speaks German and I speak French, then I don't come in expecting the Germans to adapt and flex to me. I'm going to bend and flex to them and speak their language. And before you know it, we're into a place where we're both communicating or they're even speaking my language. And I'm always tying it into results, hardcore results, money, 
numbers, those kind of things. And you and I and everybody on this conversation right now, I bet you we're in agreement is that, yeah, wouldn't teaching empathy and conscious leadership make a difference to bottom line results? So the so one of the best ways to come in with that is, well, let's let's start at the results part of it. What have you tried? Oh, I've tried one, two, and three. What have you tried that didn't work? You know, four, five, and six. Okay, are you open to something new? Absolutely. If it means making more money and reducing expenses or whatever the metrics are, trust the process. And then we get in there and they're like, whoa, I never would have expected working on active listening and really humanizing and looking at each other as a human um, and using empathy would help us get better results, but we are. That blows my mind. I'm now a fan. <laughs> I, I think that's a great example you just shared because I think when we're talking about woo-woo or sneaking the woo-woo in the back door, I love that you just called it that too. It, it's, it's imperative that we, we have strategies that work for everyone because I think we're all here because we believe in conscious leadership or empathetic leadership or whatever we want to call this leadership that has a soul, basically. We'll say that for now. And I, I really, I want to just add an exclamation point to what you just said. Data is the ultimate uh, driver with this stuff alpha it's it's very easy to hate an idea or to feel uncomfortable with an idea but if you have data any data which is why i'm glad we're starting to share some of the content in this chat right now you can you can convince someone to try anything to your point of trusting the process so when in doubt just find a data point like if, if someone's not going with you down the path just definitely yeah a data point that's going to be relevant to them of course yeah it's fun so, so I'm glad the comments are getting really fun with the with the woo woo. <laughs> what uh, what are some of the skills? And this can almost be like a fun like round robin. You don't necessarily have to explain the skills, but I'm just a little curious about this. What are some of the the traits you think a conscious leader has? Specific traits or skills? I would start. I think uh, humility, the um, accepting that. Um, you can be wrong and um, and it hurts you know and, uh, I remember I, let me give you one example of a, of a, a moment I became aware of something that I did that was not great and uh, I, I was not aware of that although I really try my best but uh, I, and I mentioned that in a blog post someday I was um, uh, facilitating a network of volunteers and I felt I was doing a great job and it was like, you know, they were energized, et cetera. And it was fantastic within a, within a big hierarchical organization. And at some point, one uh, consultant I, I, I love, I really love him a lot. He's great. He gave me this feedback. He said, you know, Celine, you are actually acting like the boss with this network. You are actually reproducing the hierarchy that you were trying to change and coming from somebody i really respect and admire it was it was obviously not mean not ill-intended it was not um, intended at hurting me or whatever it was really aiming at helping me see and, and bettering my practice and i received it with a, a bit of shock because i had not realized that but uh, i saw his point immediately i thought yeah uh, that's what I'm doing. I need to correct that uh, right now. And it was, uh, it was an important uh, awareness moment um, that I couldn't have had alone. And I accepted that I had been wrong and I tried to correct that. Great that's experience. leadership. Yeah. <laughs> you owned it. That's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing is that, hey, I'm in, I'm in ownership of my life and the results and those are the results in my team, anything that I can influence. So I'll, I'll kind of add on to that is the it's ownership, responsibility, uh, the qualities of the conscious leader. I mean, just throwing it out there, vulnerability, and all of these are strengths. And I'm not saying, you know, the vulnerable as in you're, 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 you're crying all over the place and you know i mean that could be a version that could be a version but it's like it's like that leader that stands up i have this image in my mind that leader that stands up is like wow 
we just got new metrics. You know, there, there's new metrics or a new goal that we're looking to, that we've declared as a company, as an organization. And what if I'm the leader? What if I'm even the chief executive officer, the chief of this? And people are looking to me for guidance. Well, what if I'm scared? What if I don't know how we're going to do it? Do it. Well, what if I came, you know, conscious to me is like, is, is being vulnerable enough and honest and transparent to say, hey, listen, um, the real truth of the matter is, team, I can feel you. I don't know exactly how this is going to happen. But one thing I know for sure with our diverse group of natural talents and unique abilities and this amazing team, I know we're going to make this happen because the how is in this room. So there's a vulnerability where I think the, 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 the chief executive or that leader can check in and say, hey, listen, I'm scared and I don't know. And there may be some fear in that. Share it. You can share it and then parlay that into a strength. You like use it to almost to, to, to spin it. So it's not fake. It's authentic. And when I hear leaders speak like that, I'm like, I'll follow you anywhere. Because we got this team. We got this. And uh, you, I totally agree with that. The, an important um, thing that happened, uh, even more important, I, I would say, than me realizing, becoming aware, was to share it. So that uh, in, in, in that way, you sort of multiply uh, consciousness and awareness by telling the team, hey, this is what I, this is what I have understood. Um, and not only did they see this behavior was possible, but they also understood things about their own um, operating mode because the volunteers had sort of tacitly accepted that I was the boss, that I was accept that I was like managing and driving and you do this, you do that, etc. And because it was the normal way for everybody. And we, we, we didn't know another way of, of working together, really. And so this, this awareness moment when sh being shared and, and becoming public became a, a sort of catalyst for change, for, for behavior change, and not only in becoming aware, but also in changing the way we, re we related together, we uh, organized meetings, we, we, we put up things together. Really, it, it changed our collaboration. And I, I think it gave, it made uh, space for more people to become more leaders, you know? And uh, it, was, it was a beautiful team, collective awareness moment, I would say. Fun pretty foundational. This is great. <clears throat> this whole dialogue is excellent. We're seeing some really fun comments right now. Uh, folks asking if flexibility is a quality of conscious leadership, responsibility, yeah, bravery. I, I think flexibility, I think my life has ever gone exactly to plan. I don't know about y'all. So I think flexibility is an imperative component in this. I also think that something, one of my big things is I always ask people how they like to be thanked. And I don't think we do that enough because that to me is about being aware and being conscious of the people around me. And some people don't want a shout out in front of the whole office. They would prefer a discreet email that acknowledged their work, or maybe they want to leave Fridays at three o'clock to go pick up their kids and they've been doing a really good job. So they should be able to do that. Or maybe they're like me and a bottle of wine says a lot. So grab them a bottle of wine. Uh, but I, th I think it's about, and I've seen a lot of this too, kind of going on in the comments, is it's, it's that curiosity, it's that interest, it's that genuine intent in your engagement with others as much as it's about who you are yourself. Yeah. Nareet, do you have any key traits you think of when you think of this? I would add um, curiosity. So I think shifting from not knowing to to or, or from knowing to not knowing and leadership you also need to really be curious to find out things that you're not um they normally wouldn't cross your line of sight so i think that's part of conscious leadership and i think part so of it has to do with with not some of those blurring lines right between what used to be within our scope and suddenly maybe there are things that are relevant for us but they're out of out of sight and out of kind of what we would normally consider um so curiosity helps broaden the perspective they offer a holistic yeah. 
go ahead. Oh, I was just I, to the, to our point earlier. If if you're curious, you can you can be guided by someone like you, Thomas, for example, who's looking at feedback or results or data or whatever that is. That curiosity keeps you from being rutted or stuck, which I think is a great point. How about holistic? I mean, I mean, it, it's like this whole conversation. I know we're, I love it. It, it feels like a potluck, and, and and I really enjoy this. It's like we're throwing in different ingredients into the pot, into the soup pot, and and. There, I'm not hearing any, there's not any wrong answers because it's forwarding the game. It's, I, I continue to go back to results and it's not, it's not all of what it's about. It, it does, does it contribute to creating results? And so here I want to kind of expand on something. When I say holistic is conscious leadership. What if conscious leadership is also that if I'm a leader and I'm being flexible, I'm being compassionate, I'm being all of these things that we mentioned that help forward the game and create results with our organization. What about us and our family? Because conscious leadership is also, do I feel whole? Is this working? Am I completely focused on my team and the results out there? And do I forget about me and my family and my own health and my self-care? To me, that's not conscious. It's not conscious leadership. It's, it's all of the above. It's not choosing something that's either or, it's both and, or it's all. As a conscious leader, like a possible definition for me is when I look at it as, you know, I'm a conscious leader when I'm aware of it all and I'm able to create it all because it's not about just serving you and not serving me. Does that make sense? It's like doing something yeah. for someone else and being contribution, but then I'm hurting myself, self-care, not getting sleep. It's all. I get to create results for me and out there yeah. conscious. It's like on the airplane. You got to put your oxygen mask on first, and then you can I have do a, the best activity. I have a question for Nirit and Thomas as well. Have you, feel, have, you, have you been conscious leaders all the time, or have you become conscious leaders? I've been a horrible leader. I was going to say, oh, Henry? God, no. <laughs> Definitely not. It's, it's a journey. It's, um, it's absolutely a journey. And part of it is, by the way, people teach you, right? Um, the more you, uh, you gain experience, you get the people that walk in. So I, I can share a personal story I had. Um, so if you ask my opinion, I will have one. Sometimes what people want is not to hear your opinion. So I had um, a very seasoned employee. She walked into a, a meeting with me and she said, um, I need to tell you something and I don't want you to tell me what you think. All I need for you to do is listen. And that was a wonderful teaching moment for me. So, no. <laughs> what about you, Thomas? Oops. Uh, oh, Mara, thank you so much. I like our sound engineer. Woo! Like a magician back there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Yes. So um, I was immediately thinking when you asked that, and I thought, oh, I've, I've been a horrible leader at points in my life. I remember specifically in the military when I first had one of my first leadership roles. And I, you know, and the only references that I had were the people that I saw in movies and things like that. And let's be honest, I was an ass. I was horrible. I mean, as in, did I create some results? Absolutely. And uh, it, it's sort of like being so mission focused that you forget you, there are humans involved here. And I know that may sound crazy because some people give the military and things like that a pass, those leaders. It's actually not that different because um, when I say results and feedback, I mean, uh, okay, I think about myself as a military leader. And when I'm presenting to them or asking them to do something, and then the feedback that I get is uh, they're not very effective. They're scared of me. Yes, we're getting results, but they're scared of me and they're not willing to tell me what I really want to hear. Guys, that's feedback to me. That's results. That's what I'm sourcing. And so I don't find that particularly conscious. I don't find it particularly holistic because, again, it goes back to, well, you're creating results about getting the mission done, but at what cost? You're burning people up. People hate you. And that doesn't work. I think you conscious to me is all of the above. You can create results, and I've seen this in the military too, with really amazing leadership, is that you can get the mission done and people feel whole, they feel heard, they feel like they're in contribution. You with me? So what made you change? 
it didn't work. Like I got the feedback of like, no, this is not, it's not working. I was burning myself out. People were being burnt out. It just, it was unsettling. And even with some of the alphas, like I say, alpha leaders out there I've spoken with, that's one of my first questions. Hey, what's, what's working for you? And what's not working? And they say like, I'm exhausted. I'm freaking exhausted. I'm tired of being hated. I'm like, okay, great. Or you know what I mean? Like once you, I don't know, I have a way to do that. It, it's just, uh, maybe that's a skill that I've developed, but it's like being able to, <sighs> being able to a ask a well-placed question and start reading the room. I mean, to be fair, I was an interrogator in the military. So I had some training in this. At the same right. time, I think any of us can refine our intuition skills. I don't think I'm special. It's just that I started refining my intuition skills and my interrogation skills and of asking well-placed questions. Because can't you tell after a while when someone is, you can just tell they're tired. Like, what's going on? What's working? What's not working? Absolutely. What's a better way, what's a better way to create the results? Reading those nonverbal cues is so important. It's something that we were talking about earlier today, too, just in thinking about your, your language and the words that you're using and whatever that is. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and I really like the comment by Mark um, stating that it's not something we are, it's something we display at times. It's, it's, it's action. It's, uh, and I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's how, how we do. It is how when, we lead. One really great quote I, I heard once was um, as a manager, it's everything you do and say, and it's everything you don't do and you don't say. So it's really how you show up. Either way um, plays into this. I like how about that. be, do, have? How about that formula of uh, be, do, have? You guys probably heard about that. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's, you know, I, I have the results that I have because of what I'm doing and who I'm being. And that may be a, you know, a mind pop for some folks is, yeah, because you can do, 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 and be getting a certain result. And that formula doesn't lie. Well, maybe what you're doing has a way of being that just is not functional to create the results that you really want. Who are you being? Because to give the example of, hey, I want peace on my team. I want them to care about each other. Yeah, if you keep doing and creating situations that, that you think are going to foster the peace, but then you have this manic urgency, your way of being is anxious. Your way of being is angry of like, ah, I'm really upset that my team isn't peaceful and you're the leader, I'm like, um, you're not being very peaceful. You're not contributing a way of being, a way of being to being peaceful. I think that's <laughs> another excellent, that's another excellent point. And I think that this is actually one of the lessons that I learned really early. And, and so no matter what you think you're doing or portraying or managing down or up or whatever that is, your opinion of that is irrelevant. What matters is what your team thinks about you and what the, what the people engaged with your leadership think about you because the, the, your formula is irrelevant. Like, in, and I, I found this out, I have a really obvious but cheeky example of this. So I was working for a design firm in the Silicon Valley and I've been standing at work for about seven years. So I was, I was an early adopter of the standing desk. So I modded my desk right away in this design firm. It was open office floor plan. I modded my desk kind of right away when the research came out about how much better this was for us. And so, and then about, uh, so I had the standing desk kind of in the middle of the office. About six weeks later, I got called in by the CEO and he said, Sav, I don't really necessarily notice this, but everyone thinks you're being really condescending and arrogant lately. And I was so hurt by this. I thought, oh my gosh, what? Like I'm a super open person. I'm really not trying to, I would never be condescending. All of these engineers are far more brilliant than I could ever be. And, uh, and then I, someone just a couple days later, so I was really upset, super emotional, like took it way too far in terms of me as a person. And then I was only 23, so I don't really blame myself. But then a designer friend also in the office just happened to snap a photo of the workplace and I had not thought about it. I was literally talking down to everyone. And because I was standing and everyone was seated, their perception of my leadership totally changed. And so I had to be conscious of that. I actually started working in different rooms and away from people, which may or may not have been the right play, but I tried not to do that. And then the designer next to me started standing. Sure enough, 
three months later got the feedback. Oh, everything's great, Sav, total team player, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot you straight. I didn't change a whole lot about my behavior. Maybe it was a slight bit quieter. But other than that, it, it was literally that perception. And so always think about little stuff like that, like even if it's your body posture or, or how you approach. I, I love that. I just want to offer one last comment and then I'll run here is um, the, yeah, because this way of being is, give it a shot, give it a shot, especially if you're a leader watching right now and, and watching and listening to this conversation, give it a shot because what do you have to lose? Different results than you're getting now. Right. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, so like the way of being, I mean, this is where like when, sometimes when I'm having a conversation with someone that's very tangible results oriented is that um, what way of being are you being with your team? How about, how about being compassionate? Like we know you're being rigorous. We know you're being urgent and on point and on mission, on task. What if you shifted some of your energy to being compassionate, allowing some space for opportunity for your team? And then once we break down what that could possibly look like for them, I've had exactly what you said is people come back and they go, whoa, people, my team is responding differently now. And I said, did you do something different? Mm, I don't think so. It's just your way of being. It's much like sitting down to that person, you know, like you're on the train or you're at church or something like that. You're sitting down and somebody sits down next to you. And sometimes you just feel, wow, I love them. I really like their energy. And then other times somebody will sit down and go, whoa, they got a lot of stuff going on. And they haven't said a word. It's not about how cute they are. It's not about uh, anything else than what they've said. It's just their beingness. So there's the power and evidence that hmm, try on a different way of being. Maybe you get different results. <laughs> Into it. Thomas is about to leave us, but everyone give him a big wave. Thank you, Thomas. We are all so grateful to meet you. Fly safely. Get out of Baltimore. Enjoy San Diego. <laughs> Look forward to connecting with you later. Savannah, your, your story uh, triggered another question in my mind. Do you feel that women and men, when it comes to conscious leadership, are subject to different expectations? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think we should talk about it. Yeah. As a female executive, uh, and there's three of us on, well, actually, fuck, there's five of us on the call now. Uh, in my language. Uh, we're all female executives, so that's exciting. I, I'm cur I would love to know if you ladies have this, have this problem. I feel like, I am ex I feel like it's, it's not about one gender. I have to be both genders. So I feel that I have to be as bullish and as strong and as hard of a negotiator as a man would be and as firm with things. And then at the same time, I'm supposed to be as empathetic and as loving as their mom. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, granted, I'm a community manager, so there's a lot of sort of nurture and nestling to that. But I think that, that it's, it's hard because it's both. Like the reaction I get a lot, especially if I'm talking about something highly technical or talking about additive manufacturing or artificial intelligence or blockchain, is people will come up to me and say, oh, I didn't expect that to come out of your mouth. And that's one of the most offensive things someone can say to me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So tall blonde women can't also be super nerdy and articulate? Mm, novel concept. So I think that there's kind of the, the balance there. What about for you women? Hmm. Nirit, what do you think? Um, I was going to suggest um, a little bit of a spin on this one. So I think the world of work evolved from by men, right? Because women didn't play a role. And so when you look at leadership, what leadership looks like um, is associated with how men lead, right? So it's, uh, it's that kind of, and I'm sorry for the generalizations, but that's kind of how, how it evolved. And what we know from gender studies a lot of times is that when a team succeeds, right? If it's a, it's a male uh, managed, it, they will say it's a really good leader. If it's a, if a woman managed a team, they might say it's a really good team. Because when you look at how the, the female leader is leading the team, it doesn't look like what you would expect a leader to do because the tools being used are different, right? I think if you look at how what, what we need is evolving, we actually need some of those 
tools that women tend to use more. I think as we get more uh, female leaders in the environment, people will start getting used to seeing that and calling that leadership. But right now, I think there's a gap between what we call leadership and, and the different tools of what's associated with leaders. I'm, I'm going to jump in on this one. This has been yes. fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I was waiting for you to jump in here. Let's hear it. I think that coming into the wholeness, uh, what Thomas was talking about being holistic, I think our world has too much division and separation right now. And what we need to do is become whole as individuals. I think also when we talk about leadership, we shouldn't talk about the other or someone else, we should talk about how are we leading our own life. Um, one of the skills that I think is really important is to know who you are and why you're here. Um, not just what's working and what's not working, what's for you and what's not for you. And when you can become real and raw uh, with who you are, um, you will integrate, we haven't talked about integration, we, you would integrate your feminine and your masculine side. It is something that we each have. And so for the world to shift into greater awareness, we need to bring our parts together. And through the education system, many of us have learned to trust everyone else before we trust ourselves. That's why I'm excited to have educators in the chat because we have to really have people become aware that you have to trust yourself before you trust others. And we don't know how to trust ourselves. It's, it's, it's a big thing. And so we get into the division of wanting this group or that group um, in Oregon, you know, as a, as a, Silicon Valley refugee right now, uh, living in Canada, <laughs> um, and, and having a career in, in technology for many years, um, I look back at it now with new eyes and I see that we need to get marketing working with finance and finance working with HR. Too many divisions are happening where people are doing team building on their own and not coming together in a holistic way to say, what is the purpose? And so when we move from structure, and structure is gender, to purpose and we align and we integrate, we can come into work and play and, and forget about the battlegrounds. You know, when we stop warring within ourselves, we can then create amazing things because the human imagination is just so powerful. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, I will watch the recording just for this, this section, I think. <laughs> that's great. This is, this is very fun. Mm, this is powerful. I, I, think, I think, you know, there's a lot of um, new age stuff out there right now. And I think the big shift that we're going towards is from self-help to self-awareness. So we need to really look at that ability to be self-aware about ourselves and be on this journey of being real and raw. Like right now, when we go to work, we have to put on all these masks and we don't want people like we have all these people on this call today, which is amazing, who left the corporations. We, we don't want, I'm sure all of us don't want people to leave corporations. We want people because we need, we need business to keep running. And so we need more humane ways in bringing humanity. And this is what I love about um, Celine, Nareed, and Savannah and you is that that's what you're working towards. And if we can be um, really aligned in what we're doing and not just the, 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 the bullshit that's out there, um, I think we could shift a lot. And there's a lot of hope. And conscious leadership is about becoming aware and, and becoming aware of yourself and becoming aware of others without blame and judgment. This is awesome. What a, what a powerful way to start winding down this conversation. I actually do want to comment, Mara just pointed this out in the chat. Jacinda Arden is, is showing us a very unique type of leadership right now. And again, not to be political, I don't actually think it's political. Frankly, if you have a problem with that, I have a problem with you uh, right now. But uh, the, the, she, she is a really unique person. And I think that we'll start to see this kind of classic definition of leadership, leadership skills, all of this stuff. I think it's gonna really change as we have more and more gender diversity. Uh, that, could, that could be a, a whole bunch of gender fluidity even and, and different backgrounds and a more diverse uh, lineup of, of leadership around the world too, because I think that we do sort of see the same DNA in a lot of different 
functions and and it's starting to shift and the impact of that shift will take a couple generations to be felt because it's just the kids being born now that are coming into a world where Jacinda Ardens are leading the world and they ask the you know they ask the question for the first time so could a man lead the country too like that's I saw a great quote from New Zealand about that from a little kid that just warmed my heart so much so and that's a novel idea right so they're they're they are starting with a new foundation that believes everyone can achieve whereas we are the end of the token women hopefully who were that one woman who fought her way into the room and then hopefully brought a couple of our friends up the chain but it's been a much different battle I think overall yes yeah. and yet let's not forget uh, those who are nostalgic of you know old style leadership like old um, and who vote for that kind of leadership, who, who crave for that, who, who maintain that kind of leadership or, or um, behaviors at home. Um, they are many still. <laughs> and um, the, the battle is not over. I mean, conscious leadership has not yet <laughs> won the oh, planet. Oh, no. I think it's just starting. <laughs> Is yeah. that, I mean, I think, I think there's always been conscious leaders, to be fair, but I don't yeah. think, I, I think that, that this, this sort of awareness, I mean, I think, I think we use the term woke pretty candidly now, but I, I do think that we are awakening a bit as, as, as a certain group of folks, at least on this planet right now. So I'm happy to have all of you on this call. We have only three minutes left and I'm going to wrap us up shortly, but I want to give each of you one more chance to share if you want to share an anecdote a quote a thought anything you want to impart on the audience and then also tell everyone how they can connect with you and continue this conversation and, and just for the record we will be continuing the conversation in the leadership circle on connecto i'll remind you of that again in a second but just kind of give everyone a little a little run through who wants to start we're all so polite and beautiful all right, I'll start. Um, I've been uh, really happy to participate in this conversation. I think part of uh, being a conscious leader is to uh, keep in mind that we are not um, on the good side while the others are on the bad side. Uh, it, it's not about us being better than others. It's, it's everybody's struggling through life and trying to find our ways and, and trying to improve and grow um, i think that's the best we can do and um we you can I, I would be really happy to continue the conversation on twitter linkedin and on my blog we need social.com love it narit i am looking at um something a quote i have right above my desk um it's taken from pocahontas and it's um, if you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you learn things you never knew you never knew. So for me, that's a really good guiding principle. Um, and you can find me on all social media and my website, NaritaCohen.com. Beautiful. Ayelet, let's get you in here too. Now that you chimed in, since you demasked yourself. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm just honored because um, both Celine and Nareed have generously uh, shared their stories in my book, Our Journey to Corporate Sanity, and it has stories of amazing 21st century conscious leaders um, from all walks of life. And I think the thing I want to leave people with is that I want to focus on leaders, not organizations. I don't want to focus on best practices because I don't know who you are and what you need. It's what everybody here talked about it's that exploration of finding who you are and so if we move from like what's the best practice in a formula um you know gingerbread cookies are great when you follow a recipe but leadership takes courage imagination curiosity and everything we talked about including humility and so continuing this conversation anywhere and everywhere is absolutely paramount and i hope that everybody experiencing this finds their bold and beautiful voice and realizes the change comes from within and i look forward to people also raising their hand and wanting to be part of the people uh, network here um, for future conversations during the year so i just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart and my mind because they're both aligned 
beautiful clothes beautiful beautiful clothes you must have been thinking about this for a long time you are like the conscious leadership thought woman thought leader wait that's now super meta anyway i think you were all fabulous for those of you uh, thomas magnum was our other guest he's a fantastic chap i'm sure you can stalk him he found us and this dialogue on twitter actually so that is fantastic my name is savannah peterson you can find me everywhere on the internet at savage savvy you can find me on linkedin you can stalk me i travel the world speaking and building communities i would love to help you build yours my challenge to you today is to ask the people around you how they like to be thanked you don't have to think about it like love languages just think about it as a way to empower the people around you do keep the conversation going in the leadership circle on Connectal. Special thanks to Mara, to Tim, and to Ayelet for curating, for having us all, and most importantly to you for taking an active interest in conscious leadership. We'll see you next time.